We need to acknowledge that what hasn't gone well. I dropped the ball on Friday, I was too slow to be seen. The communications weren't fast enough, including mine. I'm sorry for that. Okay, he said sorry. He admits he's not a smooth talker. Oh, I'm never going to be a smooth-talking politician, and I do need to improve my communication. Okay, so what do you regret? What have you you said this week that you regret? I was bound to be the odd word here and there. He just wants to get on with the job. But most, most of what I've been concentrating is getting good messages out and making sure that the teams are working functioning yeah. functioning well and getting the support in for Auckland that it needs. Plus, we've got to start preparing for what's coming next. And what's coming next could be just days away with another storm looming. So should we cut Mayor Wayne Brown some slack and let him get on with what he's promising to lead the big Auckland fix-up? Which could take years. And we need to work out what went right, what went wrong, so it doesn't happen again. I'm Sharon Brett Kelly. Today on The Detail, why communication from a city leader in a crisis is so crucial. What works and what doesn't. We're talking about the fact that it takes guts to speak truth to power. And often as a PR person, you are working for some very big personalities, but it really does require absolute balls of steel sometimes. We'll hear more about the role of public relations advisors and why they need balls of steel. But first, stuff's Todd Nile. Shall we start with his recorded announcement last Friday? Kia ora. As Mayor of Auckland, thank you to all Aucklanders for how you have responded to this unprecedented weather event. You've all been magnificent. Is this what we'll expect from now on, do you think? Is this how our Mayor is going to communicate? It does sound as though this recorded video issuing of is in the interim going to be the way that we hear from the Mayor in the media. Um, It was quite a surprise when the first one came out. But in the context of talking to the mayor's office where it doesn't seem that there's going to be live media interviews in the foreseeable future, um, it does sound that, that, that they are, I don't know, trialling this or simply using this as, in the short term, a way for the mayor to put himself out there, but not in an environment where there's media interaction. What did you think of it? Uh, there's been two now. So the first one uh, looked like it was a bit of a learning experience for everyone. It was technically a bit rough um, and clearly a brand new experience for the mayor. Openers have followed the instructions from emergency personnel voluntarily and that makes me proud to be this region's mayor. The second one, a couple of days later, they got the lighting right. He seemed a little bit more relaxed, but you can't get around the fact that it is a politician reading a written statement uh, to a camera. Morena, it now seems for most of us that we are past the worst of the current weather event. The review that I announced into what went wrong in the first 24 to 48 hours is underway. In the hope that people will watch it and consider that as communication. Aucklanders began the big Auckland clean-up the very next morning after the flood. You've made me proud and humble to be your mayor. Is there any sign that it has been watched? I think I watched the YouTube version and there didn't look like there'd been many views on it. No, I haven't watched the numbers, but, you know, even if it was going well for a YouTube video, it's not going to have the reach that 
normal media conduct, you know, being on a morning report or being interviewed by a news organisation will have by, by any stretch of the imagination, but they have it under control and they have, you know, the mayor under control, if you like, in it. And that seems to be the big, big attraction rather than the reach. It reminds me of a US presidential address. That's all I can think of. I, I don't know of any any politician in New Zealand who's used this kind of method. No. Well, it's the Queen's, or well, now the King's, Christmas address, of course. But in New Zealand, yeah, this is, you know, this is completely new territory for an elected politician, particularly at that level. And, you know, we get emails and you hear people saying, oh, come on, give him a break. He's not that good at it. And there's more important things. But, you know, interacting with the media as part of the role of being an elected politician and 180,000 people voted for him. I think there's a risk that we might consider this to be normal if it goes on much longer. And you just have to keep reminding yourself that this is by no means normal. And it's by no means the way that a politician at that level, you know, for very long should be interacting with the media and communicating with the public. How would you describe what has happened since that state of emergency? There seemed to be a few problems very early on. And one was that the mayor didn't seem to instantly recognise his role in being the voice and perhaps a, a lead voice early on. The other difficulty that arose, I think, is the state of his office, which we're now four months into, you know, since he was elected. Um, The office still isn't properly staffed. There is still a key appointment to be made on the communications side. So the mayor's office has lent a little bit on council communication staff for help. And so that showed up on the night when there was a media stand-up, if you like, but 11, at 11 o'clock on a Friday night, without any warning. Ready to go? Mm-hmm. Uh, good evening, good evening, everybody. Um, I've got a brief statement to make. Tonight at about 9.30, I declared a state of local emergency for the Auckland region. I did so immediately after receiving advice from the Auckland Emergency Management Duty Controller that this step should be taken. Following the request from emergency services, including police, fire and emergency, and St John's. And in the scramble to contact media organisations, not all were able to be contacted. Some got there, some didn't. Did you get there? Uh, we, well, I wasn't on, but we didn't. We weren't aware of it, and, and we didn't get there. Mm. And then that sort of being on the back foot with communications has continued since then in some vein from the mayor's office. Um, he did a an interview with Kim Hill on Saturday morning, which was quite unhelpful in the way that went. Crikey, how can the weather get worse, Mr Brown? It's been a terrible night. Well, it's carrying on. Uh, I don't know how the weather can get worse. I don't ask it, but it's not over yet, so people need to stay at home. There was the comment about, you know, Wellington, how prepared... Well, let's see how prepared Wellington would be if the big one happened. I mean, it seems extraordinary. The biggest city in New Zealand... Yes, it was an immense downpour, but this level of inability to cope is terrifying, isn't it? Well, it's, it's definitely worrying, um, but um, this is what this is an unprecedented event. It'll be interesting to see just how well prepared Wellington is when the earthquake strikes. But um, that's a low blow under the circumstances, oh, no, Mr. Sorry. Brown. 
So all of those things didn't get him off to a flying start. And then the next appearance was on the Sunday afternoon um, at that media stand-up in Hobsonville alongside the Prime Minister and a couple of ministers, which was um, pretty interesting. They are, they are frenzied environments. It's just a shouting match, really. <laughs> the ministers are used to them, but the new mayor not. Um, but at that point, the mayor was saying, in response to any questions about his performance, well, I was just doing what I was told. Why wasn't that message, the one this field had just given, given to the public yesterday? Right. Be calm, listen to the experts. People did not feel they had that from Well, that was because they must be listening to others. We gave that message out, and perhaps we'll learn that we have to give that out better next time. But the other part about it is that we have perhaps too many spokespersons for the council. In other councils, I would give those things. The mayor should be. But if everyone else wants to compete with you, that in itself is confusing. I, I, if I can be drowned out by other people, then they're not going to hear what I'm saying. Do you not? And, I... uh, and they've kind of struggled since then to try and get things back on a, on a positive, slightly proactive front, but still way short of the normal traditional ways that a politician will deal with the public and the media in a crisis. Why does it matter how the mayor communicates? Well, all of those things that are being done, so the, the recorded statement on video, the now quite active Twitter feed that, that comes out from the mayor's office with pictures of him out and about and little comments and so on, all of that is fine, but it needs to be on top of the normal process of a mayor being available, being able to be um, you know, interviewed by the media, questions posed, things that the public might be wondering how they're going and whether they could be done better, the mayor being able to be challenged about the job that he is doing. So with all of that sort of inability to challenge and question, then, then really the mayor is not fulfilling you know, the accountability that's required and the accountability that he's been quite quick to demand of council agencies. They need to be more open and accountable. But but because it's not his strength, he's basically backed out of that. Mm. Um, and it does matter because he is the one that 180,000 people elected. He is kind of the voice and the front person for the city and the one that people quite rightly look to for reassurance. Well... We don't know exactly what goes on in Wayne Brown's office with his advisers, but we can get a bit of an insight into how other mayoral teams work. Shamanthi Sinhalagi Fonseca is a senior consultant at PR firm Baldwin Boyle. She's worked in mayor's offices in Wellington and Hamilton, and last week she wrote a piece for Business Desk called Absolute Balls of Steel. Absolute balls of steel just comes from the fact that PR has a PR problem and that public relations advisors are out there advising everybody on how to kind of best further their reputation and their credibility and all of that. But there's very little understanding of what it is that we do. And a lot of people think that um, what we do is just pure spin, which I have yet to come across any public relations <laughs> professional who can just rely on spin. And at the same time, there's also this kind of what pu the public see of us is we write press releases, we write, you know, key messages, we know a few journalists, that sort of thing. But actually, a lot of our job, so that's sort of the pointy public end of what we do. A lot of our job is actually trying to assist with good decision making. And 
we do have to sort of hold up a mirror, right? And sometimes that mirror isn't what the leadership sort of expected or they're hard pills to swallow. Yeah. And some of the best PR people I've seen are able to give really hard truths to their bosses, clients, whoever, but in a way that doesn't damage that relationship. Mm -hmm. And so... My piece was, I mean, it, it, the context was the, the floods. Um, I was really curious about how we sort of had communications um, failures kind of across the board that day, because that really uh, shouldn't happen given how good New Zealand is at crisis communication. Across the board. Yeah. So, I mean, on that day, we saw Auckland Transport was being criticised for um, the Elton John communications. Can you feel the love tonight? Well, not if you're Auckland Transport. Following a fiasco over fans getting to and from Elton John's concerts in the Super City this weekend. Elton John's promoters, we were seeing just a, a lateness to to inform um, people of the cancellation. The Minister of Transport had to publicly tweet Waka Kotahi. Yes, that's right. The Waka Kotahi social media feed um, uh, finished its initial round of communications around about 7.30, 7.40 last night. Uh, I short, became aware of that shortly thereafter. And that actually came after a few councillors, um, Richard Hills especially, sort of alerted everyone to the goodnight message. It was my view that it was important they continued to communicate with people important information about the transport system. I raised that with them immediately, uh, and later in the evening they recommenced communication. I think that was important. You also had these photos of um, Auckland Airport sort of flooding and no outward sort of social media communications from the airports, the airlines. Uh, most of that's been rectified now. Mm. But in that immediate aftermath, you sort of go, hang on, what, where was the instinct to go, we better tell people what's going on, we better keep them calm? That's what I mean by sort of... Right, um, across, across the, the board. Across the board, yeah. And I think that's actually the most noteworthy part of that day. Like, certainly a lot rests with the mayor's office yeah. and just, you know, the the call for the state of emergency and the fact that that changes the powers that emergency services have. So there was a fail at yeah. very, uh, yeah. with key agencies on that Friday night. Would, is that because... They just don't have that much experience in, in, in dealing with a crisis. I don't think so. I think that, again, New Zealand is very good. Like when we were in that second Auckland lockdown and there was that sort of day or so where we were all expecting a tsunami, you saw how quickly they moved. It was really stuck, how good we are at civil defence, yeah. emergency management. But I think the hardest thing about any crisis is actually spotting that there is a crisis looming. But as the week progressed, the message from the mayor's office was overshadowed by other stories. So this is your chance now to say, to tell the public what things you regret, what you would not have said. Well, I probably shouldn't have said the word drongo to a, friend, a couple of friends of mine. Um, but I was just explaining how I couldn't show up for tennis that particular day. It was a um, regret it was made public. The office of the mayor has confirmed it wasn't on the civil defence or emergency management email list and missed critical updates last week about the storm. Wayne Brown has commissioned a review into the emergency response, including communications. The way to sort of get past that noise, as far as sort of my experience with mayor's offices go, 
whether they email you or not, um, your job is to be a little bit annoying and go and like find out what's going on on behalf of the people. And that's a really strange um, job, kind of a part of the job, because it means that you're maybe not always the most popular. But it, uh, fundamentally, like my view of councils is that council officers do understand and respect that when you do go in and ask questions of them, um, they respect that you're coming from um, the place of, well, uh, the mayor represents the people and the people need to know and the mayor, mayor needs to tell them. So I think uh, the litigation in public of who emailed whom and who was on what list matters less than were, was the mayor's office pushing for information when they saw the public kind of um, conversation happening across social media. Social media has become, around the world, the number one channel for any crisis um, communication between officialdom and the people, but also between the people. And so for, for people monitoring this, it's a really important tool to very quickly understand the mood of the people and what matters, right? But what's really imp- the second step of that in terms of a mayoral office is to then, regardless of whether your officials have come to you with kind of um, a play-by-play of of how the weather is going and what's likely to happen, you have a role as a leader to then go and advocate on behalf of the people that are complaining and say, well, actually, this is what we're seeing. What answer can I give them? And I think there's a lot, and uh, people often assume that a mayor themselves need to go and do this, Mm. but actually a sufficiently empowered office of the mayor um, will have social media people who are empowered to ring up the head of civil defense for the council and say, hey, we're being inundated with this. Can you give me an answer? And the answer might be we're still monitoring, but people want an answer. I dropped the ball on Friday. I was too slow to be seen. The communications went fast enough, including mine. I'm sorry for that. I really enjoyed the line, I dropped the ball, because there's so much chat about tennis and whatnot. And I, just, <laughs> I, just, I didn't know if that was, a, that was a deliberate wording choice, but I really enjoyed that and enjoyed the cheekiness of it. Look, um, I think an apology is judged in two ways from a PR perspective. I think one is good on him and his advisors for just doing the apology because um, that is a line in the sand. And I think it was great that they did it via YouTube as opposed to a a media conference or something because we've seen that that may not be his strength and he was just sort of able to get that message out. But the second way, so the apologies are judged in two ways. One is the time of delivery, but the second way is the actions after. And, And I'm not just talking about sort of the next few weeks. It's next time we're on the brink of a crisis. Which could be next week. Which could be next week. Mm -hmm. And it could be absolutely nothing to do with the floods, right? What will his instincts and his officer's instincts be because an apology, while they are a real ones, are really um, sort of few and far between. They do set a whole other standard that people are now entitled to hold you to. We've got another storm looming potentially next week. You know, I have to say, as a resident, I'm blooming worried about it. I'm, I'm feeling anxious. Has has he done enough? Has his office done enough? to make our residents feel they can trust him to deal with the next thing. He's talking about, you know, the big fix that he's going to lead. Can he be trusted to, to fix it? There are people, and we get emails from them, who say, you know, the mayor's doing a good job, the mayor's doing what he said, back off. So there obviously are people who are happy with it. 
you know, there's no research, but I would wonder whether many Aucklanders are happy. I guess if you were to think about the dreadful possibility that there was another emergency in, you know, within a few weeks, um, if you look at where the mayor and the mayor's office has come from, you know, since January the 27th, they've made good progress. Have from they? a rather well, they've made progress from a rather bad starting point in terms of the communications. Yeah, you mean. so there does seem to be some kind of acknowledgement that communication is required. The mayor himself has conceded that there does seem to be some sign of a strategy, and that we now have the videos, which is better than nothing in some respects, and we now have the Twitter feed, which is showing what the mayor is up to, which is also better than nothing. Although the media don't get told where he's going to be before he's there, it's only after he's been there we get to see where he's been. Really? Yeah. So, so if something further happened, you would hope that all of this has gone into some great learning pot that maybe, you know, from the start of whatever the next thing is, that the performance might be better and maybe maybe the mayor will front in person more often. We know that there is a petition out there that thousands of people have signed, I believe, calling for him to step down. Is his job safe? Yeah, his job is there for as long as he wants to do it and he doesn't strike me as being a character who's going to walk away from a job half done. There's, you know, for all the criticism that we make of his media performance and his communication, which he himself has has conceded eventually wasn't really as good as it could be, um, it's an important but small part of the job of being mayor. Um, and there's a lot of other things that are going to come up that will be as challenging for him as fronting this emergency, there's the budget, which is an extraordinarily difficult one for the city. They've got $295 million deficit to plug in the coming year. They now have the flood on top of that and trying to walk the line between getting the numbers to stack up and retaining the sort of fabric and software and, and community support that you need in a city is going to be very difficult. And I think how he leads the councillors through that should perhaps be the thing that people look to to judge whether he's doing a good job or not. Um, there's nothing at all going on that would suggest he should think twice about staying in the job. Thank you, Aucklanders. There'll be regular updates like this from now on, from me, but also from councils, local board members, detailing what is happening in each local community. There are lots of fantastic Aucklanders doing fantastic work that we want to recognise. Kia kaha. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. William Saunders engineered today's episode. Our producers are Sarah Robson and Bonnie Harrison. And thanks to Shamanthi Sinhalagi-Fonseca and Todd Nile. Kakite. kite.